welcome to the Supernaturalist Podcast Show, where emerging revivalists and extraordinary leaders share inspirational experiences that will help take you to a higher level. Now here's your host, Darren Stott. Yo, 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 this is I Supernaturalist Podcast Show. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> Welcome to the show. This is our third episode of season two of the I Supernaturals podcast show. This is the show that exists to connect, equip, and promote emerging supernaturalists on a global level. And so we got lots of cool episodes from season one. Now we're engaging into season two. Uh, and this is the third episode of season two. So far, I've had some incredible, provocative interviews with the amazing Matt Young on the topic of, of efficient leadership and how to be an efficient leader. I had an incredible interview um, with Rebecca Revisto on how to see your dreams become a reality. And today, I am going to be interviewing Vanessa Maga on, on engaging intentionally um, with accountability and discipleship, what it is, what it isn't, because if we don't understand these things, we won't unlock the, uh, the door of our destiny. And so this is going to be an awesome show today. But before we jump into it, I would like to encourage you, exhort you, if I will, to go on to the internet <laughs> or just onto your Facebook and like the I Supernaturals Facebook page. If you're putting it in your browser, of course, it's facebook.com forward slash I Supernaturals. Hit the like button. That'll immediately connect you so that whenever we post incredible content on this page, it's automatically updating you so that you can stay connected. Of course, we also have a podcast page on iTunes. So if you go to iTunes, do a search for iSupernaturalist. Our podcast will show up. If you hit subscribe, whenever we post an episode, it will automatically download to your podcasting device, whether that be your iPhone or your Samsung Galaxy or your your Zune. Um, I think that's what they call it. Or your laptop, whatever you're using. Tablets, whatever. I can't keep up. If you hit subscribe, it'll automatically down, download our podcast to your device. At that point, all you have to do is press play and everything else um, uh, takes care of itself at that point. Today, we're going to dive into um, an awesome interview uh, with a incredible leader at Seattle Revival Center. She's really doing the stuff. She's in Seattle. She works for Union Gospel Missions Hope Place, where she oversees the case managers there. Vanessa actually went through Hope Place herself after a crazy battle um, with uh, with drugs and an independent spirit. Uh, she overcame it through the blood of the land and the word of her testimony, and she went from being a place of really of, of constant, continual compromise um, uh, uh, to a place of leading um, uh, with, with a spirit of integrity and um, and and she is now um, helping women overcome their addictions overcome homelessness overcome domestic violence it's so cool um, when I first met Vanessa back in 2009 that's right when she was coming into the program I had the honor of doing life with her preparing her and her husband uh, for marriage watching her as she got uh, the job at whole place watching as she was promoted as she was promoted again and again it's just 
so much fun watching uh, uh, the gospel of grace transform Vanessa's life and just watching the grace and favor on her life. And so um, I think it's, it's uh, this is a real honor to be able to interview her today on what is true accountability, what is it not, what is true discipleship, what is it not. And um, we're, I mean, it's this is a very practical episode. I think there's some real gold nuggets in this thing, uh, and so if you can if you can take these nuggets out, there are some some strategic steps that if you implement are gonna help you uh, get to the next level in your journey. So um, right now, let's get to it. Let's jump into uh, my interview with Vanessa Maga. Um. So yes, thanks so much for being here. Yes. Awesome, awesome. Do you guys enjoy uh, her? I mean, how, I mean, as much as you could enjoy her testimony. Do you guys yeah. enjoy? It? Yes. It's pretty yeah. full on, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. Um, Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. Made me cry. Yeah. Um, yeah, me too. Internally, yeah. I mean, I remember when you first shared your testimony with me, and I was just like, I, 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 right? I was a brand new pastor, and I remember just like. Uh, you, you, you know, because you're going to YWAM, you need a recommendation. You're like, I just want you to know, you know, who I am, what I've been through, right? And I just remember just reading and just being like, oh my God, right? Like, what a testimony. Like, I mean, so, and then to see where you are now, I mean, it's just incredible. So, yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, so, okay, so. Uh, destiny, right? So destiny doesn't just happen, right? Dreams don't just come true. And so oftentimes within the church, there's this idea that like, you know, I'll just, I'll just be the quiet one in the background, just do my thing. And I got all these prophetic words and um, they're all on the trophy shelf. And so I'm just going to hang out and destiny will just happen, right? And so that, that's not true. Like nothing just happens. Um, and uh, in order for destiny to really become a reality, it requires like true accountability. And I think accountability is one of those things that we talk a lot about, you know, and that's referenced a lot about, especially in the church. But um, I, I think that you probably have a very fresh perspective of what accountability is and what it isn't. So would you just kind of talk with, uh, share with us if you would just about like, like what is it and what is it not? And then how do they contrast, you know, and anything that really bugs you about what you see within church culture <laughs> regarding to, you know, I'm accountable when, when there's anything but. So um, if you just kind of speak into that. Yeah, yeah. I think um, when I think about uh, accountability, it's being real and raw and vulnerable and it, it's, it's not being afraid to say, hey, you told me that you wanted to stop eating Kit Kats, and now I see you're on your second one today. What's mm -hmm. going on? No matter how that person's going to react. It's about owning your part. What, what is placed in front of you? What are you seeing? What is God showing you? And then are you speaking into it? Or are you just, someone else can do that? Right, so there's accountability and there's enabling. Yeah. And a lot of times in, in grace, people will say, but what about grace? I don't know, I think, I think the grace, there's accountability in grace. Yeah. Mm. That's why Jesus has a relationship with your heart, not your behaviors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? So he transforms and renews our mind, right? Our heart. And in that, it, it's that accountability. I think the woman at the well, and he says, you know, he calls out everything, right? He's like, hi, what's up? Do you need some water? 
<laughs> and by the way, stop sleeping around with all these people. Go and sin no more. Because I love you so much that I want to hold you accountable to this. Mm-hmm. I'm not judging you. I'm not um, condemning you. Yeah. Right? Um, and, and I think it gets in the church, it gets misused. Like, oh, just grace, just grace. Grace without accountability is enabling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I see that a lot. And I see like where people are afraid because they're afraid what the other person's going to say. They're afraid of the other person's reaction. And then they start owning their reaction instead of what God has called them to do. So they start mind reading. <laughs> well, I already know how they're going to act, so I'm not even going to say anything. <laughs> when it shouldn't matter if someone reacts the exact same way every time, that's just open more communication. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So I keep calling you on something you've asked me to hold you accountable to, and then you keep reacting like a moron. So how? Can, mm-hmm. <laughs> what's going on there? And truly, if you let that process work, it really ends up being a great, vulnerable, intimate relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we just get scared, too scared about what other people are thinking and not leading with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think all of this would relate to being in a, in a conversation or um, seeing something that really bothers us. Mm-hmm. You know, and it really, it, it bo- maybe it maybe just bothers, maybe it's triggering us, or, you know, or maybe just it's, it's something that's grieving our spirit within us. But because we don't want to enter into conflict, um, and because we don't want to sabotage that relationship, sometimes we'll just stuff it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and let and let it continue to bother us until we find somebody that we are comfortable with talking to, and now we're gossiping, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So we're gossiping about a person behind their back, mm-hmm. um, which, which is enabling yep. that person, mm-hmm. if, you know. Um, or maybe there is nothing wrong, but there's an opportunity, to, like you said, to enter into a greater level of intimacy, yeah. right? And so what would you tell, what would you say to those of us that like, that struggle with this? People pleasing, fear of man, you know, we're in a relationship where we should be holding each other accountable, but when we really truly see stuff, we don't have the courage to say anything, and we just kind of go silent. Just do it. Um, just do it. Um, I, I think what I, I would say, because I, I definitely can be that person. I was that person, and at times I can be that person, um, definitely. But that's when I have to just stop in that moment and pray and um, ask God to, like, search my heart. And, and am I doing this? Because I was asked to be held, you know, someone to hold me. Um, I was asked to hold them accountable. Am I doing this because I'm holding um, the organization accountable? Mm-hmm. Um you know, wh- where is my heart in this? Am I am I just pointing out things that other people are doing wrong because maybe I'm doing some wrong stuff too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that time, I really have to just ask God to like search my heart and I need to ask for his wisdom in that. And he always guides me. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't, even how, if someone reacts just completely, in, in my view, irrational about um, me holding them accountable, um, there's still a peace because God is protecting me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And protecting in, in that relationship and valuing that. So what about this? Like, and I see this a lot, right? Like, um, 
there's a brother and he's like, you know, I'm really struggling with this. And so uh, he goes to another brother and says, hey, I'm really struggling with this particular sin issue. I want you to hold me accountable. And he's like, yeah, bro. Yeah. Accountability, bro. Yeah. You know, they do the exploding hand thing, you know, and then they never they never do ever talk to each other ever again. (laughs) You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like if ever asked, hey, who are you accountable to? Oh, I'm I'm accountable to my accountability, bro. We do exploding hands. But they've never had like there's no like. So what is what is accountability really look like and whose responsibility is it to initiate that? Mm -hmm. Like the person that's struggling or the person that they've gone to? Um, It's always the person who's struggling. If if they're if they want something different, only you can create change. Mm -hmm. Only you have that choice. Like I want to change this behavior, this attitude, whatever it is. Right. And so what is my plan to do that? And so when you go to someone to ask um, to help you with this and to hold you accountable, you need to create a plan in that moment. Wow. Otherwise, do you really want to be held accountable? Are you just trying to say something like Mm -hmm. saying, I love Jesus. He's so great. But then going and sleeping around. Right. Like, like, where's the action? Where's the action in that? Um, and, and only the person can really do that. And that's a great nugget right there. So mm-hmm. I would really encourage you to, um, when it comes to like your dream and your destiny, to, to not let it just be a pitch, a 30 second pitch. Mm-hmm. But what would an accountability plan look like um, as far as uh, somebody that's holding you accountable to make sure that you're not in the same place a year from now uh, than you are right now, you know. So I have a great pitch, but I'm practically not really doing anything. You know that you would have a mentor, a coach, a friend that you say, "Hey, look. Naturally, I'm going to procrastinate. Naturally, I'm going to. I'm just going to continue to daydream on this, but never really, um, really walk this out at all." You know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, faith is great, but um, faith without deeds is 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 nothing. It's you know pointless. <laughs> you know. So. Um, and so accountability is like a huge, so what would, here's the question, what would an accountability plan look like for you in the particular thing that you wanna see become a reality? And who are the key people that need to know about your dreams and desires in order for you to really come into that? Those gatekeepers, those people that, that set your ceiling, that set, your, that, that set the threshold, that, that place where you can't move past them. If they don't know the, your dreams and desires, it's you you can't sit there and be frustrated by them because they're not giving you a place you know a place to to fly um it's so easy to be frustrated at leadership when we are um, afraid to speak our desires you know and oftentimes we speak our fears and we hide our desires you know we need to learn to start sharing our desires and and allowing people to hold us accountable for those things so that that was a a great little nugget develop your accountability plan Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. if it's you know accountability can be regarding a sin a struggle but really it can involve anything and really should um again so another another one of those words <laughs> that we hear a lot within the church is discipleship you are in a in a discipleship culture where like like your organization is contingent on discipleship so if there's a discipleship breakdown what you guys do doesn't work and if what you guys do isn't working you're not going to get funding and that thing's going to shut down mm-hmm. whereas in the church we can we can drop that token word discipleship and not really be doing anything okay. and still have funding and still get mm-hmm. to operate for 100 years so um, so what can you tell us about like what is disciple what is it really you know, like, what is it really? And um, maybe that's just a good starting point. 
It's a big one. Um, I think when I think about discipleship is this, I think that it's about having a relationship with people's hearts. It's about seeing their heart, trusting God with their heart, and then, and, and not their behaviors. Because transformation happens with the heart. And so if it's happening with the heart, that's the place, right? Where, where um, we always ask for, have them soften our hearts, soften our hearts, right? Um, and so it's that place of how does Jesus see them? How does Jesus see that person? Um, it's not ignoring behaviors, but it's how does Jesus see that person and then helping them be accountable to behaviors. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just has got to start there. I, I don't, because without that, then, you know, we're just being, UGM would just be like any other secular place. Like, oh, they relapsed, they gotta go. Oh, they, they swore, they gotta go. Oh, they smoked a cigarette, we gotta kick them out. We, like all of these behaviors, and we'd never have a full building and we'd never have funding and we never, <laughs> wouldn't exist. Wow. Or we'd be very much like just this, in and out, mm-hmm. in and out, and people would never change. Right. They wouldn't change, they wouldn't transform. So I think it, it truly starts with that. Um, and then there's just the components of just, you know, around that, different things, but it's really about just loving them as Jesus loves them. That's awesome, that's awesome. What is discipleship not? Complete opposite. <laughs> um, I think that we, it, it's not, it's not, um, I don't see it as like this task, right? I think discipleship is relationship. It's not task, it's not religion. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of places that act that way. Mm-hmm. You know, if I get up at six and, and have my devotion and, and read exactly three scriptures and, and then write exactly one page in my journal, and then if I, then if I eat, but wait, I gotta pray for 20 minutes, and then if I eat, and then if I, mm-hmm. and do these task things, completely missing the whole intent of Jesus's heart. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it, it, it's just not about tasks, right? Mm-hmm. Like tasks are good, we need to have them, but it's not, it's not the heart of it. And I'm like, yeah. That's awesome, that's awesome. Just right along, like along those same lines, um, and perhaps are you guys are you guys all discipling someone right now, or mentoring someone? That's awesome. Year two, come on! Woo! <laughs> you guys are doing great. That's awesome. All right, so I'm gonna switch gears a little bit. Um, again, just going to church culture. Uh, you know, for those of us who were raised in the church and lived a pretty sheltered life, you know, the closest thing that we got to abuse was like a radar movie or something, you know? Uh, <laughs> that's kind of my story, right? Like I never, my dad never yelled at my mom. Um, you know, I never saw, I've never even seen anyone get beat up, you know, um, except for on radar movies. Yes. That my buddy and I had a way of getting those. So, um, from the library. Um, yeah, exactly, totally. <laughs> little, little 10 year olds with, you know, anyways. So, um, that's, that's, I need inner healing. Um, so abuse. Abuse is one of those words that, that, that oftentimes we're really uncomfortable with within the church because like, 
how do you define it? And oftentimes, it sometimes it's this pillars within the church um, community and people that we all respect. That all of a sudden, we find out there's um, uh, you know whether it's physical abuse or psychological abuse, financial abuse, sexual abuse. You know, it just we just get oftentimes in church world really like nervous, and sometimes we're willing even to cover stuff up. I mean, there's just that story over and over and over about like this took place in the church, and there was a cover up because of the person's level of leadership or anything else like that. Um, how how do you d- define just that word abuse? Abuse is. Um Gosh, sorry, because there's so many different levels of abuse, right? Because there can be um, verbal abuse, and it could be as simple as, you're so stupid. That could be it. Someone could just call you stupid. Like a word that we use so freely at times, right? Mm-hmm. Not even knowing or understanding how that is completely molding a child's mind and thoughts and into their future. Um, and then it can be super dramatic, like being physically beaten every day, you know, sexually beaten every day, those things. And so I think abuse has such this, um, uh, this word that it's a, it's a word that has really either this, this really deep end meaning and no one understands this, the severity of even just words Mm. of verbal abuse, right? Or even emotional abuse, um, just manipulation, like, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you don't clean the house and you don't get new shoes, like kind of things, right? Like that's emotional mm-hmm. and mental abuse, manipulating situations. So I think abuse is really manipulating situations, um, no matter what they are, uh, verbally, mentally, physically, spiritually, uh, financially, uh, in, in all those areas. Mm-hmm. It's... Um, it also gets used, I think, a lot. Okay, you were just abused. Like, they don't. It, it's such this hard place, and I think in the church it's scary because a lot of times we say, "Okay, we'll just pray for you." Oh, just bring him up front for prayer. Well, prayer isn't going to help when the woman goes home and her husband has too many beers and then locks her in a closet and doesn't let her out for 24 hours. Right? I mean, prayer helps, but there needs to be this part in the church where they're like, hey, let's protect you now. Like, you're asking for help, and I think it's opening ears. If there's ever someone asking, like, hey, this is the situation, like, I, you know, puts me down every day. In that moment, is it prayer for that man, or is it let me help you get connected with some places who can really bring some healing to you? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not negating prayer, but it seems like that co- that's this cover up. Mm. It's the blanket. Yeah. We'll just pray. Well, let's just pray. Mm. Instead of like actually moving. So taking that action step of what's happening. And in that a lot of times, because it can be scary. Well, I don't want to interfere in their marriage. Okay, well, cool. Well, she's getting beaten every day. So yeah, maybe I should interfere. Mm. Yeah. It's going to be our, like, it's going to be okay. Right? It's kind of like um, hearing that. If God's bringing that to you, right? He's bringing it to you for a reason. And I think the church, for some reason, just wants to go, they don't spiritualize everything, right? We start talking, talking like that Christianese. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, but Jesus has it. It's like, 
<laughs> he's called us all to move. Like he doesn't put stuff in front of us so we can say, Jesus has it. Yeah. And the stats for abuse within the church are, from what I hear, no different than the stats outside of the church. And so, um, uh, I, I don't know if you know any of the stats for sexual abuse or physical abuse. Um, um, I know some, so I know um, one in three women in the United States die from domestic violence a day. Every nine seconds, a woman is being physically abused or beat in a domestic violence situation. Um, there are more calls and more money spent on women at going to the ER and doctors from um, domestic violence abuse than there are car accidents wow. in the United States. Um, I, do, I know that, um, yeah, so it, it's all of that, right? And, and we have a ton of churches, so it has to be happening mm -hmm. in the churches. They're everywhere. So what do we do, right? So um, what do we do if, if we have a friend, you know, and he or she, you know, is um, black, you know, black eyes, bruises, always seems to be, you know, um, prone to injury, and then all of a sudden tells us, you know, I'm being um, abused. Like, how do we handle that? You know, do we go to our pastor? Do we call 911? Do we do nothing? You know, especially what do you do? I think this is the most common, this is what I hear all the time. You know, you got to you swear to me that you won't say anything. Like, swear to me that you won't do anything because there's so much. Like, anytime there's abuse, there's always like insane amounts of fear, right? Mm -hmm. So now we're in this relationship with someone that we love, and maybe we've said that. You know, what do we do? So what do we do in that kind of situation? Yeah, um, I think there's so many things. So I, the first part is this, at any point in time if someone says, please don't say anything, but I'm gonna tell you that I'm being beat every day, right? Like, let's just go dramatic here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and the first thing you need to do after that is say, I can't promise that. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I think it, that's gonna keep you in that same bondage. Mm. Yeah. It's gonna keep you in bondage with them. Yeah. Right? And in bondage with the abuser. So if we're speaking the spirit realm of it all, you're all now you're all stuck together. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, in that is, if you don't have knowledge, it's finding someone who does. Right? Networking is amazing. <laughs> and you can always find things. It's truly about the victim's safety. And what the, um, and keeping them safe. The last thing you want to do is be like, well, let me call him and tell him, right? Well, that's just going to put make him mad mm -hmm. in that situation. And then she gets in trouble. And then she gets, right? Yeah. Exactly. More and more. So what does that look like? There's a ton of different hotlines, you can, and you can. You can call the police and say, hey, this is something I've been told. Like, can you help me with some resources? Because like 911's more than just like my house is on fire or something, right? Like, or there was a shooting. Like, they actually have lists of resources, and I think sometimes we think we have to be in the middle of this traumatic event, like actually there to call them. But they have a non-emergency line. Still 911. You just say non-emergency. This is, and then you can talk to someone. So they're a great resource in that. Um, but really holding 
the story that that person is telling you is valuable, even if you don't agree with it, even if you think she's crazy, even if you know she's like, but I'm still going to stay with him because it might change. It's, it's not about your, uh, your opinion or judging it. It's about how can you best help that person. And sometimes it's without even knowing, letting them know that you're helping, right? So if you hear that story and then you go find resources, they don't need to know that in the moment. But next time she comes to you and says something, you can say, I found these great resources. Want to call together? What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. We're actually looking at um, facilitating a domestic violence um, seminar here at the church, especially for, uh, for those who are in relationships now that are dangerous, but, uh, but not only that, but really for church leaders um, to really coach and to bring greater understanding and awareness because it's, it's something that is not being talked about. You know, the big hot topic within the church right now is sex trafficking. Like, everybody wants to be a part of that. Like, not a part of it, but, you know, to bring an end to it. Um, but meanwhile, there are women within our congregations that are being beaten and by their Christian husbands mm-hmm. and, and are terrified to say anything about it, you know. And, um, and so, uh, and we know that it's the heart of God that they would be free, you know, truly free. And, and so, yeah, it's, 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 it's a crazy, it's a crazy topic, but thanks for like, for speaking into that. And definitely, um, I mean, it's just a, it's a weird thought to think that, you know, someone right now that's being physically beaten. That's, that's a weird thought. Um, I wouldn't have believed it, you know, um, until, until all, you know. So you're confronted with it, and then all of a sudden you're like, "What? Oh wow! I know them really well. Oh, mm-hmm. what do I do? You know? Um, what would you tell your 15 year old self, knowing what you know now?" <laughs> awesome. 15 um, year old self. Uh, I would. Um, you know what? I would tell her that she's loved. She's <clears throat> cared about. Uh, and uh, she wasn't created just um, to be nothing. Uh, that she has purpose. And there's goodness for her life. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, the top three books that you recommend people to read the bible Just all right <laughs> and you don't get to say the bible <laughs> uh, the bible the bible the bible and these three versions no absolutely um, <laughs> top three top three um my mind so just went blank right now maybe but that they've impacted you the i would or... say that um is is that is that really you god lauren mm-hmm. cunningham that one I can read over and over and over. Um, <clears throat> I really just can't. My mind totally went blank. And I would say, what is that? Um, gosh, I just read Bill Hybels' book, Leadership. Something. Courageous Leadership. Courageous Leadership, yes. It's a good one, yeah. Yes. And then, actually, um, you know what, um, Henry Cloud and um, John Townsend. Yeah. Um, the five love languages. Um, 
That's good. But I would, um, Changes That Heal um, is a book that they, you know, they have a bound, the Boundaries series and yeah. they have all these different series. And um, Changes That Heal was really instrumental in my life. And um, I, I have it and I reference it. And um, it in my life, I read it at Hope Place. And um, in that moment, that is when I got to, there was a realization that happened there that um, I got to realize that, like, that my mom was a bad mom at times. Mm-hmm. And like, I could say it and be okay with it. Um, it's pretty neat. It, it's a neat book, workbook, and, and they're, they're just so insightful. So um, it was really great. And then I got from that and that book, I got to, um, I called my mom and um, I got to let her know. I was like, <laughs> I got through some healing stuff and, uh, you know, um, you just weren't a good mom sometimes. Like, you were a bad mom. And the amazing part of that is that um, she said, I know. And I'm sorry. Wow. So that book definitely impacted and changed my life. Because if I never would have read it, I don't think I would have had that realization. Or maybe. Who knows, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, in that moment, so it's pretty great. All right. And last question. Yeah. Um, what would you tell those of us here that our heart really breaks over these issues? Like, you know, um, and we would love to be involved with either something like Hope Place or just like, like for those of us who want to actually provide a resource center or like, like what's a good, how do we get involved? Like, what, what should we do? Should we read a book? Should we, I don't know. Like, what, what would you encourage for those of us step. here to really get in? Yeah, yeah. Good first step. Yeah. Yeah. I would, um, you know what? Be intentional about it all. So if God has given you and placed something on your heart, be intentional about what you're doing to steward that gift he's given you. Be intentional. So are you writing down things? Are you praying over it? Are you sharing it? Are you sharing the strengths in it, but also the weaknesses that you have? Right? You guys went through Strength Finders, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Right? Includer, belief, accountability, and are my top three and um so but what are my weaknesses right and because if no one knows them but they only know my strengths how far am I really going to get so I just encourage you in that and and what are your fears about um, moving into any type of ministry whatever that is and um network 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 mm. never ever thinking that you know it all wow That's never thinking that because there's you just can't, right? Um, and networking and using people. And when people have great ideas, you have great ideas. When other people have great ideas and it all comes together and it's God's plan, it's like, bam. You know, there it is. And research it all. I think sometimes we'll, we'll have something on our heart, right? So like Darren was saying, like the San Francisco opportunity I had and all that. But when I sat and prayed and prayed, you know, um, here's an, it, it just, it, God was like, no, marry Aaron. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I did, right? And that obedience and being intentional in that. And um, it's interesting because when I was offered that at San Francisco, the YWAM base there, the prayer um, and scripture that several of them got before, over me was um, Isaiah uh, 61, which is actually one through three, which is actually the scripture of the foundation of our hope place and the Oaks program was built. Mm. 
So in that time, I was like, oh, this is a great scripture. I already know it because this is what it is, right? Yeah. Having zero clue. That's awesome. Zero clue that it was like, yeah, because you're going to go back there. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So really just being intentional in prayer and knowing when you when he gives you something um, to just be intentional about that. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Vanessa. You're um, welcome. Awesome. Hey, can we just close? Maybe you could just uh, uh, say a, a, a prayer. A prayer. A blessing over us. Father God, I just, um, I just thank you. Thank you for this morning and just this opportunity to share your goodness um, with each of these, um, each of these students. Lord, I just thank you for uh, just this time, and I just think as I, I reflect back and share my testimony that it's it's not about um, the dramatic events, but truly about those little things that each of us can struggle with daily. It doesn't matter um, what our life was like. Um, how, how maybe perfect it was or if we were sheltered or any of those things like we all have these insecurities because of sin because there's sin in the world and so I just asked as I shared my um, testimony in those little things Father God if any of these um, students are struggling with those things this, um, just kind of self-identity and are listening and um, kind of finding out who they are and as they're finding out who who they are in you Lord that um you just heal them of that, bring it to mm. the forefront so they can yeah. move forward to their destiny, Lord yeah. Jesus. There will be nothing blocking their destiny, Lord. I just ask that you place uh, this like intentionality into their hearts and, and they will move with intention. Whatever it is, when they're, when they're speaking of you, when they're speaking of their thoughts, ideas, their fears, their gifts, all of yeah. those things, they'll be very yeah. intentional about it. They'll create mm. um, accountability mm. and peace and um, and a place of movement. So these aren't just words. It's not just this. Oh, I had a dream. But there's actually be action behind that. That's right. Um, and they're actually moving in it. Mm -hmm. As for doors to open and just uh, a place of all these networks and resources just start coming alive. Mm. Father God, just popping up out of nowhere. Um, that will just help them in their destiny, Lord. I just mm. thank you. Um, I just thank you for them. I just ask for just uh, continued peace. Uh, around them as they continue their schooling here and uh, just all that they're doing. We just love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, Vanessa, thanks so much for being yeah, here. Awesome. Thank great, you. great job. Thank you. So